We would like to respectfully acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the Wajak land of the Noongar Nation and on Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. This land was stolen and never ceded. And we would like to acknowledge elders, both past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Clea. And I'm Ava. And you're listening to the Bimbo Industrial Complex. She's on and vibing. Okay. Hi, Clea. Good morning, Ava. How Welcome are you back. Today? Welcome back. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty Hi. good. Um, so we have a special opening segment Very today. Important things to be discussed. Um, which will weigh heavily into today's topic, mm-hmm. which um, we'll see if you can guess. Guess by the title. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about why astrology is real. And why money is fake. So to start off, we thought we would share our big three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can maybe learn a little bit more about us. It's a very important insight into who we are. Also, Ava, what's your birth time? Oh, 3 p.m. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I saw this um, TikTok the other day that was like, if he knows his big three, he's ran through. And I <laughs> lost it. It's so yeah, true. It's so true. Like, you know, when you go on a date with a guy and you're like, so like, what's your star sign? Yeah. And you're like, mm, I think Libra. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, if he has to text his mom to ask for his birth time, that's how you know he's a real one. He's a real one. He's a real one. And none of the other astrology girlies have got to him. So. Yeah. You'll be the first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what are your big three? Or what is a big three for those who don't know? Okay, so your big three are your three, your sun sign, your moon sign and your rising sign in your astrology chart. And they're basically meant to be like the most powerful signs in terms of like your personality and your disposition and stuff. Mm. So what are yours? Okay, so my sun sign, which is the one that people like most often know about themselves and like associate with astrology is Pisces um, which makes a lot of sense in certain respects because I am extremely extremely sensitive have been known to cry ads for chewing gum um, and basically can be a bit scatterbrained at times I don't really have that creative side of it unfought but that's my sun sign my moon sign is cancer which is another water sign mm. which also contributes there's to a lot of water in your chart i was looking at it today way yeah. too much water in your chart and that's i'm gonna blame my emotional instability on that and not on like my own personal faults i think that's fair <laughs> um and then my rising sign is aquarius which i really never thought i associated with because i don't like really know that many Aquarius or really like people like mm. that. Um, but what it says on Star is you come across as broad-minded, intellectual and prone to abstraction. Your unconventional interests may seem eccentric or pretentious to others. Which is so you. <laughs> extremely me. So I can't argue with that. Yeah. What about your big three, Ava? Well, my sun sign is in Leo. Duh. Duh. Yeah, I'm like the biggest Leo ever. Like That's proof that astrology yeah, is real. Yeah, is real. Just right there, the episode could finish. Yeah. Um, like, I love attention, but I'm also cripplingly insecure. My ego is, like, very large and inflatable and yeah. very easily broken. Exactly. You can be confident. And still be really insecure and like be confident. Yeah. Well, that's the misconception that people have about Leos is that they're so confident, so hard. And it's like, it's all big cover up for the fact that they like think that they're the worst people on earth. Yeah. And then my moon sign is Aquarius, Mm -hmm. which is where my freaky side comes from. It's where my YouTube deep dive (laughs) Google holes come from. Freely the banana girl side. Yeah, freely the banana girl side. And like also just, um, saying weird shit at parties Mm. yeah um or just in general and then my rising is in capricorn um which i think is interesting because they say that the more kind of comfortable you are in yourself the more your rising sign disappears Mm. so like when i'm stressed i'm super like like ram like super intense like like on time stressed out Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, that tends to relax a little bit the more comfortable I am. So very interesting uh, and definitely prove that astrology is real. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, But we can get into that. We can get into that. So today we're bringing you, yeah, really the two most important questions of our Mm-hmm. This is high stakes hot takes. Yeah. Is it is astrology real and is money fake? And the answer to both is yes. Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But if you want to be able to back it up, if you want to be able to go on a hinge day and say these controversial things, we're here for you. We're here for you. Um, so Clea obviously is our resident economist. Mm. Took a third major in economics just so that I'd be able to back up the fact that money is fake. Yeah. And so Ava is our astrologer, psychic, medium, clairvoyant. Mm, Yeah. So we're going to start with why astrology is real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess first we have to ask ourselves, like, what is astrology? Good question. So we kind of already explained that, you know, there's planets and houses and signs and those things can be quite confusing, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you're like, oh, my moon sign is this, but... You don't really know what that means. So essentially, you can visualize it like a wheel. So there's each time that you're born, Mm -hmm. there'll be a certain position of the planets, which is where you get moon sign, sun sign, Mm -hmm. Venus, etc. And rising sign, very important to know your birth time because it changes. It changes so quickly. Mm. So, for example, when I was born, the sun was in Leo. Mm-hmm. The Mercury was also in Leo. Um, and then there's also houses mm-hmm. as well in Australia. So you might have something in your third house or your fourth house. And they all relate to different things like family or prosperity or mm-hmm. different ideas like that. Um, so that's one form of the zodiac or yeah. of astrology. But we also have like other forms of zodiac, the Chinese zodiac, which is also really interesting um, because that's every year that changes. What are you? A rabbit? I'm year of the rabbit, yeah. yeah. Dragon. Oh, that's the really lucky one, right? Yeah. Like everyone in China, there's like a massive increase in birth. Oh, yeah. Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. I think it's every 12 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all every 12 years, but like... 2000, 2012, 2024. Yeah. 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 And so that's really astrology. Astrology, as we understand it today, has morphed a lot since obviously the early times. And there are Mm -hmm. um, connections to astronomy and those sorts of things. Um, And before we kind of get into like why women, queer people love astrology and men hate it. (laughs) Um, I just want to quickly talk about um, Baba Vanga. Do you, have you ever heard of Baba Vanga no. before? Okay. Is that like a mystic? Yeah. Because for me, like I don't really see astrology as a tool of prediction, like tarot no. and those sorts of things. It's like, more an explanation. Yeah. So you can use tarot and astrology for, um, yeah, for prediction purposes, but like it's not, I don't think it's, it's real true purpose Uh, but i just want to talk about like if astrology is fake and mysticism is fake then why does baba vanga (laughs) exist baba vanga is like this lady um and she she's like a mystic and she predicted like all these things weirdly like she predicted um 9 11 um so she said that there was going to be like something was going to crash into the twin towers and stuff so she predicted that um she predicted that the US president would fall ill in 2020 and Donald Trump got what coronavirus. COVID? Yeah. She claims that the universe will end in 5079. Okay, well, we're not going to be around to test that out, but I trust yeah. her. Um, and that a strong dragon will overcome humanity next year. And that has some kind of that xenophobic undertones, but yeah. Um, and she also predicted um, the sinking of a ru- Russian submarine. Um, and I won't give any examples of the things that she's falsely predicted because that would ruin... <laughs> Exactly. We don't <laughs> we need to experiment. Yeah, exactly. It's not relevant. But just an example of how, like, there's such a difference between, like, the way that we now see those types of, like, clairvoyancy and knowledge and mm. how we view it, like, through a really sceptical lens. So there is actually a whole Wikipedia page on, like, why astrology is fake. Yeah, but that's Wikipedia. Yeah, it's not a I don't trust source. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it goes through like kind of all these different critiques of astrology, like 
Um, it lacks any consistency, physical basis or predictive power or um, that it's not falsifiable, which is like why science is allegedly the, yeah, falsifiable. Um, and I would just say that like when we dismiss forms of intuitive knowledge, we really lose like the nuance that, you know, paying attention to those things can have. Like if it's everyday science, everyday classicism every day like critical critical thinking about everything yeah you will be so sad you'll be sad and you won't understand yourself because it's not like things within the mind are aren't really falsifiable or like you can't measure them but that doesn't mean that they don't have a kind of purpose even if they're not yeah true exactly yeah like seriously um it's so it's so interesting especially because like when women and men like tend to have different ideas about astrology Mm -hmm. yeah you can you can feel it like when I go on a date with a man you're like okay like do you know what a Scorpio is and they're like oh no and then if I go on a date with a girl she's like I am this I am that I am this and I'm like oh that's why you're so this and she's like yeah and I knew you were a Sagittarius Saturn and I'm like yes oh my god so it's so funny because it's like you can't know everything about someone just based on their star sign but it does give you a kind of insight about like yeah makes you more aware of your personality definitely Um, I feel like it's so good in like an uncertain world to be like okay I have something like solid about that I know about myself that I can attach to or even like reading a horoscope for the day it kind of it's like okay this is maybe what I should think about doing and I feel like Maybe it's just like men have just all that confidence that they don't actually need reassurance. Like, this is who I am. This is my strengths. But, like, I like it. Yeah. Especially if you have the intuition to be able to be like, oh, well, my horoscope says that I'm a Capricorn rising, but, like, I resonate with this part of it and not that part of it. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's not an authoritative, like, yeah, personality assessment. Yeah. We can get into why personality assessments are fake at a later date. <laughs> but the explanation, I guess, behind why queerness and femininity and astrology tend to be conflated is because the world is built around the white, supremacist, patriarchal, colonial, capitalist, mm-hmm. hegemony, hegemony, however you want to say it. And so when we want to push against that, we push against those theories. Um, so tying to more like spiritual knowledge or intuitive knowledge, emotion, as opposed to rationality. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if you feel like, do you feel like you, when you're in a space that's like super sciencey, super math, super economics, like the value of emotion is like not as important? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like that per- makes me purposely want to like bring up that stuff kind of more like whenever I was in an economics class I would feel like I'm like oh I'm the representative of like all the social science humanities arts people in this world because mm-hmm. like literally all these people are thinking about are like modeling and measuring stuff and like obviously that's a valid form of knowledge but it kind of discounts like where all of these like theories and ideas come from in the first place which is essentially like intuitive emotional knowledge yeah exactly like i yeah you get a bad feeling you know sometimes when you're doing an experiment (laughs) sometimes you just get vibes sometimes you just get the vibes you shouldn't have to ignore those you know you should be able to and astrology i feel like it gives us or all kinds of like i guess sort of like spirituality and mysticism gives us like language to explain things that might not be like physical phenomena because mm. no? definitely part of the culture is like an inability to explain emotions mm. for a lot of people i think really struggle with oh. yeah naming what they feel mm-hmm. whereas if you um i tend to be a little bit more intuitive and emotional in touch with those things and it makes life a little bit easier to be able to communicate exactly how you feel yeah 
Must be nice. I can't remember. Must be nice. (laughs) Yeah, you need to go and get one of those like feeling wheels. Have you ever seen those? No. Oh my God. Um, I'll put it in the like episode links but like it's like this wheel like you know those coffee oh, tasting like, wheels and stuff and I'm it's like angry and then it splits but it's into, into like different forms of angry so useful yeah mm. um but i guess the caveat to this, to this kind of like embracing spiritual knowledge and stuff is that like new ageism and hippies like are increasingly quite toxic yeah like the there's a strong um, or there's a fine line between like appropriation of these cultures and mm. um, like fundamental misunderstanding of like cultural practice, like yeah. for example, Reiki or tarot. Mm. Um, and then also like using it in a respectful and appropriate way. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's very much like astrology. Obviously it's great that it's become such like, an important cultural thing, like, you know, young women and everyone, but I feel like it's becoming very conflated with like kind of like dangerous like pop psychology and that kind mm. of thing. Like, you know, like, oh my god, just like uh, cut off all my friends, but that's because of my Scorpio moon. Yeah. Like, or just kind of te- obviously it's like fine to like joke, and there are so many good astrology memes out there, but it can be kind of like used as an excuse for bad behavior or for certain kind of like treating people a certain way when obviously that's not nice yeah exactly because it's more so like a tool for you to like introspect and reflect on perhaps Mm. why you might feel like you need to cut people off or why if you're a scorpio you're such a uh dark and moody freaky person yeah also no scorpio slander because i love scorpios do you actually yeah i think i just like this is a very opposite energy to me so i feel like it's like something novel in my life you know whereas like i don't I find like signs that are very close to me, like usually like Aquarius and Aries who are like on either side of me, I usually don't get on that yeah. level because they're kind of like just a little bit different from me and it's a bit of friction. Do you have like a star sign that you tend to be attracted to? Um, Any patterns there? Not really, I don't think. In terms of friends though, I have like so many of my friends are Taurus or Sagittarius. Mm. Mm. So very, like, loyal, quiet, vivacious signs. What about you? Yeah. I tend, yeah, I tend to be surrounded by a lot of fire signs. Mm. Interestingly, I've dated a lot of Libras, but maybe because they're, like, musicians and artists mm. and, like, um, those sorts of things, skater boys. But, yeah. Or, um, and weirdly, there's a lot of Cancerians that I feel, like, quite. Yeah. Because they reckon that Cancer and Leo, like, will never get along, but. Some of my great loves have been cancers. Mm. Yeah. Because they're so nurturing, you know? Yeah. And, like, we both want to treat each other. Yeah. Spoil each other. Yeah, I feel like I should just never be around other water signs. Like, I do like Scorpios, though, but I should never date a Scorpio, a Pisces, or a Cancer. If I dated another Pisces. Yeah. I mean, I would never be like, oh, you're a Gemini. Like, get out of town. Like, we're not going to get along. But I can say I don't get along with a lot of Capricorns. Yeah, no, I agree. Capricorns can be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Geminis get all the hate, but... They're honestly fine. They're fine. They're fine. I agree. Yeah, because they're so social and fun. Yeah. Yeah, and curious about the world. Yeah, and, like, who cares if there's a little bit of two-faced energy there? I don't mind it. Yeah. It's just you don't know what you're going to get on a given day. Exactly. Yeah, I like it. And also shout-out to Aries, I think. Had some... Some I, passionate Aries connections. Yeah. I feel like I just don't know enough Aries to yeah. consider judgment on it. Very interesting. Yeah. Now I'm just assigning random qualities to people that I know, like, based on their Well, that's time, the thing. Yeah. I, like, try to think. I, like, can think of probably, like, one Aries. I'm like, no, I can't judge everyone based by that. on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting. Yeah. Sometimes I meet someone and I'm like, blah, 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 and we get along so well, and they're like, yeah, my birthday's in August, and I'm like, mm, 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 mm. says a lot, says a lot, but yeah, it is, it is kind of interesting to to look at those two sides between like respecting and understanding mm. intuition, especially because I really am quite a romanticist, like I don't like science and maths and understanding like skin is opaque for a reason like (laughs) i think we should cancel human biology (laughs) but 
there is like there is a, a serious like kind of overlap between like the far right and like I don't know it's weird because like you would think like anti-vaxxers and we're like hippies and stuff but now they're like super into QAnon and like racism <laughs> now you know? they're super into racism I feel like anti-vaxxers have always been into, into racism. racism but yeah it seems like those two things are kind of like crossing over each other like you know because I feel like the essential oil people were like super progressive and now like and they now, scare me I know it's yeah. like Byron Bay is now like bastion of anti-vax like 5g conspiracies and yeah. it's like this is not what the astrology girlies wanted when they made that no. name page like don't do it yeah get va- get vaccinated get that va- coaster actually like has a responsibility to make everyone get vaccinated like get vaccinated today yeah sometimes coaster gives the most unhinged things i've read before that like they actually don't sorry to everyone who loves coaster i love coaster as well but i read once that they just make things up to fuck with people and like they don't they don't put any effort into like there's no scientific basis to like the like daily reminders from coaster what was yours today i'm surprised by that oh it was something actually quite quotidian and banal reconsider what you take for granted Mm. i haven't had a good unhinged one in a while my i get nobody cares how many books you've read all the time (laughs) oh what's the worst that could happen to you if you tell this truth oh okay oh okay actually this is really relevant because it says do moving on distance and speaking terms which is kind of relevant in my life at the moment that is interesting what else does my horoscope have to say today no i love the unhinged co-star things though yeah so good i'm trying to oh because my 21st is astrology themed i have some truly unhinged ones that i took um, screenshots of invite people to karaoke start a cult be someone's service animal today Research the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. And I used to get also Oxycontin is a powerful drug. Oh, my God. Don't use big words. <laughs> Study the history of debt. Your social life is entering uncharted waters. Read the Wikipedia page about innovators who were killed by their own inventions. That was one thing. Fantasies about cloning yourself. Currently normal. Like... <laughs> That's my dream job is to write the co-star. Oh my god, same. I was on their, um, their page where oh no, I was looking at a post someone did about them and they said they're like looking for people to test out new features and you could fill in a survey. And the survey was like, you know, like, what's your name? What's your sign? Whatever. Um, and then it was like, do you currently have a crush on someone? Yes, no. And it's like, do you like know their chart? Do you check their things? And I was like, imagine telling a Google form that you have a crush on someone. Yeah. Imagine telling, like, someone at Coastal being like, lol, look at this sad little person who has a crush and knows their crush's big three and checks their chart, like... But who doesn't? Like, the second I meet someone, it's, like, immediately go on their Facebook, like, look up their birthday, <laughs> assess their star sign. Yeah. And they go, oh, they're a Libra. They're going to ghost me. But I try not to do it until I'm already in the phase of, like, having a crush. Yeah. Because then I'm, like, I don't want to, like bias myself too early yeah but then when i'm kind of like getting into a stage where i'm like okay okay i want to start imagining a future with this person yeah you start doing the compatibility chart that's when you know you're in serious trouble i know that's like it's like the well it's not quite adult really is it? it's like but the adult equivalent of like putting your names in a love calculator yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah so I guess to sum up this discussion of astrology, like astrology is a tool for self-reflection. It's a tool for understanding the world in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, why do you want to explain everything? Like, why can't some things just be? Why do you have to know? Yeah. Just like, let it be. Ignorance like, is bliss. Yeah. Because like, you know, I would just caution against using it to justify shitty behavior yeah. or delving too far into like, the weird convergence between like new ageism and white supremacy Mm. but no i feel like it's best used as a tool to like make yourself do things that you already want to do you Mm. know like when i get my horoscope and it's like 
like my one today is like be honest with the people you love I'm like yeah okay I'm gonna do that because like internally I I know that I kind of want to do these things or when it's like take a chance on this I'm like yeah yeah eat celery I'm like okay I'm going to the shops to buy celery yeah or look into the pharmaceutical industry (laughs) um but yeah and I'll put some more links in the description for any further reading Mm -hmm. but I guess now we've proved that astrology is real demonstrably falsifiable my ass (laughs) this is like some serious shit like because people myself included love to be like money's fake Stock market, fake. The stock market is literally the fakest thing ever, though. It goes to sleep at night. Like, sorry, you're going to tell me this is real when literally we all agree, like, oh, no, sorry. The stock market has a better sleep schedule than I do. Oh, the stock market literally is, like, gaslighting us all just in that, sorry, I'm tired, got to go to sleep. Like, no, you don't. So I'm really excited to hear about, like, yeah, why can't we just print more money? Because it's like my favorite controversial wild card. It's to say. so fun. And it's so fun when like, okay, it's not always a man, but it's usually a man is trying to explain to you like what hyperinflation is. And you're like, king. I also did year 12 history. I also did first year macroeconomics. Like, don't worry about it. But I mean, just in terms of the money is fake argument. The first thing is that, like, we just need to talk about, like, paper money or, like, fiat currency, which is basically currency that doesn't have an inherent value. So, like, back in the day, people would just barter. Like, I'd be like, Ava, I will give you this chicken for a sack of coffee beans. And that's real. Like, those are tangible things that have a value in someone's life. Paper money, it's fine. It's not relevant. And I mean, like... Even now we're moving away from even like having physical currency. Mm. So what, you're going to tell me like these numbers on a screen are real? Like, Yeah, that's so weird because when you look at your bank balance, like on your app, you're like, where, where is that money? Like, is that just all notes, like in a little cupboard? In I the know. Bank? Like, it's crazy to me. And then we have like, we're just, we just get more and more fake every day. We've got fucking cryptocurrency now, which is just... No one is backing that. Like most all national currencies obviously are like guaranteed by the government of that country. So like their value is based on something. It's based on that country and like their economic productivity. Cryptocurrency is literally based on nothing. And I guess that's the way people like it. But it's just further evidence that none of this is real. It's all real. It's like... It's like suspension of disbelief when you go and like watch a play and you know that like it's not actually real, but we're all just sitting here being like, no, no, no. For the purposes of our enjoyment, this is real. But yeah, so money in all its forms is fake. But I think the most interesting and important argument that we can have about the economy is why can't we just print more money like just print it just print more money like don't worry about it babes um what about inflation what about inflation so if you are at a party and you drop this hot take oh my god why don't we just print more money you will normally get the hyperinflation argument so if you think like Weimar Republic, 1923, or like Zimbabwe in the 1990s. Yeah, we've all seen that photo of the woman carrying the trolley of money to get the bread. To get the bread, exactly. Or like people burning money instead of like buying firewood because it was becoming so worthless. So basically, like if you just print more and more and more money without actually making extra things to buy, things are just going to become more expensive because like... You know, say there's only $100 worth of things to purchase in an economy and you have $1,000. Well, that $1,000 is going to be spent on that stuff regardless. So it's just going to become like 10 times more expensive. So, yes, inflation is a real thing. I'm not debating that. But there are some new economic theories which basically go against this argument that we can't just print more money and say that we can. So the most kind of prominent one is called modern monetary theory. And it's basically saying that national governments can actually just print as much money as they want, as long as they have measures in place to make sure inflation doesn't happen. So 
basically the idea is so like the Australian government say if we wanted to have more money we could just keep printing more money and then just tax people to make sure that we don't end up with too much money in circulation and inflation doesn't occur. Mm. So the idea is that as long as there are like goods and services to purchase, it doesn't matter if we print more money because we have things to spend that money on. So then prices won't rise. Um, and so basically their idea is that Printing money only has to end when basically we reach like full employment. So like everyone has a job um, and we have like enough money to buy everything that we're producing, then we need to stop printing money or inflation will occur. Um, so it's kind of based on like old principles. It's a new idea, but it's based on old principles like Keynesian theory. So oh, that old chestnut. John Maynard Keynes, our king, um, is basically the person responsible for a lot of like government deficit spendings and government stimulus. Like here's the reason we are getting those job keeper checks. Here's the reason like when Kevin Rudd just did that random stimulus during yeah, the Yeah, and bought a TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's basically based on the idea that governments and households are intrinsically different economic actors. So it's basically the idea that households when say like um when money is tight households can like save themselves by not spending money but governments and like societies as a whole can't do the same thing because like if everyone suddenly just stopped buying stuff then like everyone would be out of a job right which is kind of what we see in COVID. So it's basically saying to avoid a depression there needs to be someone spending money to like make sure that people still have jobs and that like they're able to sell the products they're producing and so that falls then to the government um and so it can spend money give money to people who can then spend it and give money to other people mm. and it all flows so in theory we can just print more money and then we can just tax it to make sure that inflation doesn't come back um unsurprisingly <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of classicists don't buy modern monetary theory. I think they call it like magic money tree or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, there are some valid criticisms. So maybe the biggest one is it doesn't, it's very much based in the idea of the domestic economy. So the government like printing money and doing things in terms of like what its citizens are doing. Um, but it doesn't take into account things like um, foreign countries buying government bonds or foreign direct investment and that kind of thing. So it can be really, I suppose, easily destabilized. So like the foreign exchange markets might decide that they don't want to hold the currency of a country that is printing money to pay its own bills. Or the bond markets might decide that they want, don't want to buy the debt of a country that has no intentions of curbing its deficits. So I think this is a legitimate critique, but it's also just further proof that money is fake. Like it's all about just investor confidence. Like it's like, oh, if the investors get a bad vibe, they're like, mm, I don't really trust Australia. I think they're being a bit crazy. So like, it's literally like they just do a vibe check on the country mm. and then they could like fuck up the economy. Um, so it can have repercussions for international markets. And that's important because a lot of countries or pretty much every country has like a significant amount of foreign debt. So if you were like a brand new country and you hadn't borrowed anything from anyone else, modern monetary theory would probably be great. But if you start say like, if we started printing off money, uh, like to pay back China and there was all this extra like Australian dollars out there that China now had, then they could come and like cause inflation because we can't just like tax the Chinese government, for example. So yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but I just think it's just evidence that we should all just become really closed off and just stop trading with each other and just like, whoa, Clea, you're a protectionist. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, globalization. It's so funny because when we were like younger, it was like all about globalization. Yeah, and yeah. now like in the post-COVID era, everyone's like, hmm, I don't know about that old globalization oh, theory. Globalization. I love it. We just become more and more closed off. Like yeah. first Australia now just like wags it. 
Oh, yeah. We should just all live in, like, little communes and just buy things from each other. I've been reading a lot about the 1933 West Australian secessionist movement, actually. I think we should, like, revive it. Revive the Wagzer. Not that I'm even a secessionist, but, like, I just think it's so funny. Like, it's really good chat. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great leader, Mark. And, like, it's so funny because in the West Australian bubble, I guess, like, Everything about West Australia is so quirky. And yeah. like, and we're like, haha, like, you guys don't know what long backs are. And people in the Eastern States are like, could not care. We don't less. care. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, like, people are like, oh my God, such a power move of us not giving vaccines to New South Wales. And I was like, well, number one, we should probably just give them to them. Yeah. Because they're going to bring COVID to us. So we may as well. Um, but number two, like, we probably have like six vaccines anyway. Like we're not that important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know only I think it's only three or four people in Kalgoorlie, like Boulder area, have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Wow. So but I guess we have a lot of like vaccine distribution issues that like other smaller states wouldn't have. That's true, because we're so big. So big big and large. So hot. <laughs> So hot. Anyway, Mark McGowan and his forestry policy yeah. are another episode. Well, yes. Also, though, another kind of related criticism of modern monetary theory is also a criticism of government. And that's that, like, to avoid having these inflation spirals. So, like, basically when we run out of goods and services, government has to be really, really dynamic. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so they have to be quick to like identify, say, when we've reached full inf- employment and then they would have to like implement new taxes quite quickly. And obviously that's hard because most government is like quite bureaucratic and for good reason that like everyone should be involved. Um, but it makes it really hard to like implement policy quite quickly. And also like people like Mark McGowan might be a little bit reluctant to be like, oh, we've reached full employment. Let's do a big tax um, because... They do want to be elected. Yeah. um, And that happens. Um, However, modern monetary theorists do think that we could, like, build in automatic stabilizers into fiscal policy. So that's basically just saying that, like, when certain things happen, like when we reach a certain level of employment, we don't then have to, like, create the tax policy after that. It would just automatically be implemented. So it's a very interesting concept. And... People like, you know, like AOC and Bernie Sanders kind of um, point to it as a way in like the US to pay for things like the Green New Deal, single payer healthcare, that kind of thing. Um, So it's, I feel like it's going to be quite a while before any country really like goes the whole way with this kind of policy, but it's an interesting kind of like reconsideration, I think, of some of the core principles of like economics because economics just always like louds itself as just like the ultimate kind of like rational way of thinking Mm. but I think like the more you look at economics and economic thinking there's so many different like ways of thinking within it and there's so many different ways like logical arguments that can be made about the same thing and I think that's like something that people really miss is that two opposing arguments can have both have completely logical premises and be rational Mm. and there's so many like intervening kind of like features of economy societies that kind of thing that it doesn't like it doesn't make one idea necessarily more valid than the other like reasonable minds will reasonably differ exactly and like ceteris paribus is not a thing like all else is never equal no it's just not so i think we just all need to like embrace the idea that the economy is made up yeah like remember gamestop like that was like two months ago but it feels like seven years ago but like it's so true oh my god that feels like I can't even, like, it feels like I wasn't even alive for that. Like, I just heard about it about my grandparents yeah. or something. That was intense. That was a good Planet Money, like, time. Oh, yeah. 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 And um, I just, yeah, I think if we just stop putting things on a pedestal and believing that they're perfectly logical and rational, because that's how things like, you know, like the GFC happens is because people think that, like, 
these so-called experts are doing things that are so smart, so objective, so based in truth. And like, so nothing Capricorn. Is, nothing is <laughs> true. Nothing is objective. Like, don't trust these people. Think for yourself. Yeah, we live in a post-truth society. We absolutely live in a post-truth society. I do have a question, though. Yeah. Why, why is cryptocurrency so... Or like, why does Bitcoin have so much value? Because people literally just... Just made it up. Just agree that it does. And Bitcoin is kind of like... It was one of the first cryptocurrencies, or it was kind of like one of the first what we think of as like a modern cryptocurrency so it's kind of like it has value in terms of like its technological value i suppose but it's just because people agree that it has value and like it's obviously like quite untraceable because it's not like a government currency so it's good for people who want to do criminal things yeah or just like libertarians who are like, mm, I don't want the government yeah, to get my money out the bank. Yeah, exactly. It's like the 2021 equivalent of like putting your money under your mattress. Yeah. But yeah, it's literally just because people agree that it has value. And like, you know, it's like things like Dogecoin and stuff. Like those things spike in value and then we'll just go straight back down again. Because it's all just about like the hype and people's yeah. confidence around it and oh yeah it's like nfts i mean i wouldn't have a problem with nfts if they weren't so ugly like so ugly like make some pretty like pastel make some cute ones like the one that that sold for like all that money it's just so ugly it's just a collage of so memes ugly. and it's like art you know Obviously, art needs to be taken away from the elite and, like, dispersed into a more democratic, you know, means of consumption. But that was just bad. That's just not the way to do it. Yeah. Sorry. It's also meant to, like, enrich your soul and, like, enliven you and stuff. And that was just so fugly. And I feel like it's, like, the ultimate, like, manifestation of capitalism. Like, you're not paying to, like, have something or be the only person with access to something. You're paying literally just to own it and to like have people know that you own it but it's yeah. not like you can't stop someone from it's such like incel behavior yeah it's so embarrassing it's so embarrassing if you have an nft like i'm so embarrassed for you i'm so embarrassed for you maybe we should just start creating nfts well why don't we just make all the pods nfts <gasps> that's hot if you want to buy a pod contact uh, contact <laughs> our people yeah we'll put you in touch with our broker yeah it's just one big gaslight. It, yeah, money is gaslighting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good night, stock market. <laughs> Good night. Sleep, sleep well. Tight. See you in the morning. Put on a meditation playlist for you. A calm app. <laughs> what time does it go to sleep? Um, good question. Stock market. Bedtime. Hours. <laughs> 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time on weekdays. Except ho- stock market holidays. Oh, wow. It even has holidays. Holidays. It is really important to have holidays. It's so important to have holidays. Rest. Yeah. Like, nine, it opens on 9.30. And there's early closure days as well. It's like when, like, you have, like, a early closure at school because your teachers have to have a meeting. Yeah. Mm. Hilarious. Well... I think we've, de- yeah, I think we've really proved what we set out to prove here. Yeah. I learned a lot. And if anyone else has, wants to have more discourse about the economy, I always, Available. my DMs are always open. Yeah. And I'll happily read anybody's birth chart for them. Oh, wouldn't yeah. that just, yeah, come to us. Come to us. We have nothing better to do. <laughs> so hot, hot takes, low stakes. Wait, what? Try again. Ooh. Low stakes, hot takes. Alan Kohler is the sexiest man alive. The sexiest man alive. For those who don't know, Alan Kohler is the ABC finance reporter or one of them. I'm obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. He's so cheeky. Like if you, he, the way he like titles his graphs, like I really don't understand a word he's saying, but like his graphs will be like, have little puns in them. Um, every time he does a Zoom interview, he arranges his books like on the desk and then tweets a photo of the books that were on his desk after. Um, that is so the other day he did this thing about recycling and he was like 
put in the clip from The Graduate, which was like, plastics, my boy, plastics. So not only is he like an eco-warrior, but he's also a film bro. I want him to officiate my wedding. Like, I'm obsessed with him. That would actually be really fun. Yeah. Alan Cole, if you're listening, like, please reach out. He probably is listening. I, I want to be best friends. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Mm. My low stakes hot take. I just think that it's okay to be like incredibly fervently nationalist during the Olympics. Like I just think yeah. that all bets are off. Yeah. Especially when you're watching the surfing. Oh my God. So women surfing, especially women's sport. Oh, women's sport. Well, absolutely. Cause it's like good for her. Yeah. I like, like go Ash Barty. I know. I just, I just love it. And I love watching. I just love all the TikToks that are about like, yeah. Me, um, like 30 minutes into a sport I've never seen before, watching like my country crush like a country that doesn't have running water. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I just, I love it. There's something just so special about the Olympics. And like, even if it's Australians who have never set foot in the country before, like that soccer player who I think came to Australia for the first time when he like played in the Australian soccer team for the first time. And I'm like, obviously Australian. Obviously. Green and gold, baby. Green and gold. Also, I feel like the Olympics are a good demonstration as well of like, not everything can be super rashly measured. Like they have so many sports that have judges, right? Yeah. And, you know, they're still equally valid as sports, even though we can't be like, oh, she did this skateboarding it's not a routine is yeah <laughs> i don't know routine in like this many seconds it's yeah. like no there's that element of like artistry and intuition yeah. and there like, should be more artistry in the olympics like ballet should be in the olympics yeah. like pole dancing oh my god oh my gosh if you had to do an olympic sport what sport would you do surfing mm-hmm. or like just shooting because i feel like shooting like do you even have to like go to the gym or anything that's quite girl boss, isn't it? Um, you would have to have like really good eyesight though. And uh, no, and I don't glasses, have that. So yeah. Easiest Olympic <laughs> Indoor volleyball ski jump. <laughs> ski <laughs> jump. I just I simply do not agree. Hockey. Snowboarding. Fuck off. Distance running, they put as the second easiest. No, that's hard. That's hard. Mm. Mm. Why am I looking at this like I could actually do any of these sports? I absolutely could not. But I do love judging people and being like, oh my God, the synchronization in that dive was so off. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. I'm like, point your toes as if I know, as, as if I care. I know. But I feel like once you've watched a couple, you're like, oh, this is how good everyone is. So therefore, yeah. I can now judge them compared to Yeah. Them. I would love to do, like, commentating, like, for just one of the miscellaneous sports. Like, the other day, yeah, I was watching the canoe slalom mm-hmm. and um, slalom. Slalom. <laughs> and the commentator was like, and he's going through the gate and he's going side to side. And he used to do yoga videos on Instagram live. And I was like, how's this relevant? That's why I love listening to the cricket because Mm. they just talk about the most random shit and none of it is cricket. Well, yeah, because there's nothing to actually talk talk about. Anyway, that, that, is that it for today? I think that's it. I think we've said enough. I think we've said enough. Anyway, thanks for listening. We love Uh, to talk to you as always. Yeah. DM us for economics and astrology yeah okay i'm gonna play with a puppy now bye we love you bye bye